Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. already know, which I'm sure you do, uh, for the past year, has uh, for, for this past calendar year, has been looking at the cross and the crown. Um, and there's been lots of different messages, lots of um, different um, different themes that we've gone down, but the, it's always been wrapped around this view of the cross and the crown. Because the Lord spoke to us at Bible Week last year, and he said that as you... Um, as you observe the cross, as you understand more about what the cross has achieved, then um, blessing will be released to you, power will be released to you, healing will be released to you. So um, it, it seemed like a really good idea to look at the cross. And um, last week in Stony Stanton, David shared a message that he hasn't shared here yet, but you will really, really enjoy it. And, and it was entitled, His Many Crowns. And uh, it was it was awesome. I'm, I'm giving you a little like trailer for uh, for his upcoming preach. But um, he read from um, uh, Revelation 19, and in Revelation 19, uh, from verse 11, it says, "Then I saw heaven open, and there was a white horse. A rider is called who is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a fiery flame." And on, um, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knows except himself. He wore a robe stained with blood and his name is called the word of God. The armies that were in heaven followed him on, uh, on white horses wearing pure linen. And from his mouth came a sharp sword so that uh, with it he might strike the nations. He will shepherd them with an iron scepter, and he will also trample the winepress of fierce, the fierce anger of God, the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he had a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And it was really exciting to, um, sorry, I'm just putting my stopwatch on so I know how long I've been speaking for, because otherwise it can get a bit out of, out of hand. So, um, but... When he was sharing, he was sharing about the fact that Jesus wears these many crowns. And um, I don't want to speak too much because David will, will come and share that message here. But what I was struck with is that our king who wears many crowns has actually put many crowns on our head. He has covered us with so much and he has given us so much. And um, I think I, I feel so honoured to think that he has crowned me. Because when I see a crown, I think of authority. I think of power. I think of worth. I don't see somebody wearing a crown and think, oh, they must, be, um, they, they must not be important. But actually, that crown displays importance. It displays um, power. It displays authority. And then as we read and look in the word, we see the crowns that Jesus has put on us. And, um, and this morning, I don't, I don't want to talk too much specifically about those different crowns in terms of what they are and what they do. Um, I do want to talk very briefly about them, but, but really what our response should be when we realize we're wearing a crown. And um, to, to give you an idea of some of the crowns that Jesus put on us, in James 1 verse 12, I'm just going to rattle through these, so if, um, you can, well, we won't turn to them all, but in, in James 1 verse 12, it tells us we've been given a crown of life. 
In 2 Timothy 4.8, uh, the word tells us we've been given a crown of righteousness. In 1 Peter 5 verse 4, a crown of glory. In Revelation 2 verse 10, a victor's crown that sits on our head. On Psalm, in Psalm 103 verse 4, it says, we've been crowned with love and compassion. In Proverbs 10 verse 6, um, it tells us that um, blessings crown our heads. In Proverbs 14 verse 8, the prudent, those who are, who are wise, are crowned with knowledge. In Isaiah 35.10, it says we've been crowned with everlasting joy. And in Isaiah 61 verse 3, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And wait for this one. Okay. In Isaiah 28 verse 5, says the Lord Almighty himself will be our crown. That his people will be crowned with God himself. What a privilege to be crowned with all those things. But to the thought that we are crowned with God himself, that is awesome and an awesome privilege. So I must say, as, as Phil has already alluded to, that I am incredibly honoured to be among royalty today. Because unless you are a uh, teenager at prom wearing a little tiara, I don't really see anyone who's not royal wearing a crown. And I see no, uh, see no prom tiaras or dresses today. So I'm assuming royalty. So uh, it's a great honour for me to be among you. But as I think what's interesting is, in the same way that God puts crown, not in the same way, but, in, but God puts crowns on our head. But also the world puts crowns on us. Um, the world crowns us with different things. And, um, and, and they're not... They're not necessarily wrong, um, but but those things, the kind of crowns that other people would give us um, are, are things like we have crowns of success. There are things that we've achieved where people will know us for them. People will look at them and they'll see, that maybe at work, this is the person who has achieved this or that you've got this qualification. Sometimes you could say that we're crowned with prosperity. Those who God has blessed with wealth and, and, he's, and he's given us things that mark us out that that people look at and think, gosh, you've been blessed, you're successful, you've achieved. Some of us have been given titles. Some of us might be doctors or nurses. Some of us might be lords, I don't know. Um, people are crowned with fame and, um, and uh, promotion. People are crowned with admiration. People look up to us. And these things aren't wrong. In, in Proverbs 27 verse 2, it says, Let another praise you, not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. God is not against us being praised. In, in fact, he wants us to be honoured. He wants us to be glorified. He wants us to be lifted up and exalted because he loves us, because he's given Jesus for us. But he, all he wants is for that to not be about us. He doesn't want that to come from us for us to puff ourselves up, to build ourselves up, but that people will see in our lives the blessing of God, the, change, the, the impact that God has on us, the way he changes us and transforms us. Those things should be visible. So what I wanted to talk about specifically is, is our response, um, really, to having these crowns. Because when I think about these things, I'm honoured to wear those crowns. I'm, I'm honoured to think that God has crowned me with life. I'm honoured to think that he has crowned me with glory. Because, you know, so many of these crowns are crowns that um, Jesus wears on his head. If you look into what different crowns Jesus wears, he wears crowns of honour and glory, he wears the victor's crown, he wears a crown of righteousness, and yet we get to wear the same crowns? 
The same things that define Jesus define us. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> They're amazing. Jesus was constantly crowned by people, talking about him being a great man and a prophet and this and that and the other. God, people put great crowns on him to say, look at this man, isn't he wonderful? But what do we do with these crowns? What do we do with them when we have them? Because I want any crown that Jesus has given me, I want it to achieve its purpose. So, can we turn to Revelation 4? I'm going to read this together. I was looking at this and I was thinking, oh, which bit should we read? I thought, ah, we'll just read all of it. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I think the best thing to do with Revelation is just to marvel at it. <laughs> there's lots of there's lots of ways you can interpret revelation revelation i think that i don't think it's particularly complicated as you as you read into and understand some of the imagery i don't think it's a um, and david will share about this um, in much more detail but about it being necessarily a chronological account but you know what the the main thing i get when i read revelation is just wow god i don't really understand this i can't even really picture it but what i can picture is awesome <laughs> And time and time again, its focus is, look how awesome Jesus is. <laughs> look at all these images of Jesus and how amazing he is. So let's read Revelation 4. It says, After this, I looked, and there in heaven was an open door. The first voice that I heard speaking to me, like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and there in heaven a throne was set. One was seated on the throne, and the one seated looked like jasper and carnelian stone. A rainbow that looked like an emerald surrounded the throne. Around the throne were around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones sat twenty-four elders, dressed in white clothes, with gold crowns on their head. From the um, from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and thunder. Burning before the throne were seven fiery torches, which are the seven spirits of God. And also the throne was something like a sea of glass, similar to crystal. And in the middle, around the throne, were four living creatures covered with eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. <coughs> the third living creature had a face like a man and the fourth living creature like a flying eagle each of the four living creatures had six wings and they were covered with eyes around and inside day and night they never stopped saying holy 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 lord god the almighty who was and is and who is coming whenever the living creatures Give, honor, give glory and honor and thanks to the one who's seated on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before the, the one seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne and say, O oh Lord God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things. And because of your will, they exist and were created. The most appropriate thing we can do with our crowns is to cast them before the Lord. Is to throw them down before the throne of God and worship God. I believe that that means 
that before him we come with our achievements, with our successes, with the promises that we've received from him, with our entitlement. We cast it all before him to say that compared to you, my Lord, these things pale in their importance. And before you, my successes, my achievements, my titles, they, they amount to, to so little. In the face of almighty God, Lord, what does the title doctor mean? What does the title king mean? But you know, it doesn't, it doesn't belittle our successes, but it just shows them in context. Shows them in context of an awesome and almighty God. I love Paul's heart when it comes to success. Um, in Philippians verse three, uh, sorry, chapter 3, verse 7 to 11, he's describing all the things that he achieved before coming to Christ. And he says, um, But everything that, I, um, that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth so that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own from the law but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. I love Paul's heart to say, whatever I've achieved, whatever I've done, compared to knowing Christ, it's nothing. Compared to him, it's nothing. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not coming before you to say that we, we go before God saying how unworthy we are or how rubbish we are. I'm not saying that we come um, to say um, that we're, we're still full of sin and, oh Lord, these are petty and these are nothing. No, because actually he's washed us clean. He's sanctified us. He's redeemed us. We enter boldly. L- look at the list of crowns that I read out that he's put on our head. But it's just in the face of Jesus. All I want to do is throw them before him and say, God... God, how awesome are you? This is the amazing conundrum that he has. We were dead and he's made us alive and now we have to die to ourselves every day. (laughs) It's this incredible conundrum that Jesus has given us life. He's filled us with life so that we can lay it down. So that we can say, God, with everything that you've given me, still I bow before you. Still, I kneel before you to say that you are God and you are awesome. The truth is, is that what causes us to cast down our crowns before God, to humble ourselves, is exactly the same as the elders and why they fell down. Because it's not really to do with us. The reason I fall down before God is not because I've seen something in myself, but I've seen something of him. We see him in his splendor and majesty, And how can we do anything but fall on our faces and worship him? The elders realized something really important, really important about the crowns that they were wearing. Because he says, what do they say to the lamb? They say, oh Lord God, you're worthy to receive glory and honor and power. 
because you've created all things. But sorry, um, glory and honor and power. Why did they? Why did they say that? Why is he worthy worthy of that? Because he created all things, and because by your will they exist and were created. See, the elders understood that as they took off their crowns and they see them and they throw them before the uh, before the throne. They realize the only reason that this is on my head is because of Christ in the first place. All of my achievement, all of the things that God has given me, all the crowns that he's put on my head, when I look at them, God, they're all because of you. Be honored because of them. Be be glorified because of them. Be, Be given all the glory that you deserve because from you, everything has come everything see that's the amazing thing is that in the presence of God those things stop being worthless because when we come outside of God they don't they don't carry value I can't buy my way into heaven I can't earn my way into heaven outside of him I can't earn anything but I was created for good works in him I've been created for those things. In him, I have been given value. And the things I do now have value. In fact, as we take those things off our head and cast them before God, he adds value to every single thing that we do because we're doing it for him. I love this. uh, You may have heard of a lady called Corey Tenboom. She was a lady who, um, uh, she was a Christian. She lives... Um, during the survived the Second World War, and her and her family were responsible for um, hiding and smuggling out Jews um, and saving them from the Nazi regime. And um, her and her family were captured, and they were sent through various different concentration camps. And uh, the majority of her family died um, in those camps. Um, she was with them as that happened, and uh, but she survived, and she went on to write books, and she now she tours and. Um, tells people about her experiences and stuff like that. But she was quoted as saying this. um, When people come up to me and give me a compliment, Corey, that was a good talk, or Corey, you were so brave, I take each remark as if it were a flower. And at the end of the day, I lift up the bouquet of flowers to the Lord. I have all the flowers that I've gathered throughout the day and say, here you are, Lord, they're yours. I love that. I love that because... For two reasons. I love the fact that she just does that. I think, I think the fact that she does that is wonderful and it is beautiful. But what I love is that she recognizes that those comments and those, um, those compliments that she receives, that they have value because the only reason she had them is because of the Lord. She in herself was not strong, but with the Lord she was. She had the, she survived. Though many of her family didn't, she survived. The Lord saved her. She knows the only reason that she was there in the first place was because of his grace. So everything, every, every good thing that comes from that, it's all because of the Lord and he deserves glory for it. I love that. I think that's amazing. She understands to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> and all that credit belongs to the Lord. Sometimes I forget, um, uh, you've probably heard this before, but that, that the structure of Christian life, which is number one, God, number two, family, 
Number three, church. Number four, work. That's the order. That's the, uh, that's the, the kind of order that we should live our lives in. And I understand that, and I, uh, and I appreciate people's heart behind that. But it's interesting that the Bible doesn't really talk in that way, and, um, and it's a really Western way of thinking in that kind of that structure. But the truth is, is that, of course, God is our priority. But the, the Bible seems to indicate that it's not, he's not separate from everything else. He's the source of everything. My family is important because God is glorified through my family and he loves my family. The church is important because it's, it's the body of Christ. My work is important because God has sent me into a mission field and he's brought people to me through those things. God is the, 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 the roots of my entire life. Everything springs from him and grows from him. So everything has its importance. Everything has its place because it all came from God. Everything that we have comes from God. Everything we do is spiritual. Everything we do, from our work, to spending time with our family, to enjoying worshipping him on a Sunday, and throughout the week, when we gather together in people's homes to eat together, and to break bread, and, and to pray together, all those things are spiritual. All of them. Every single one is a fragrant offering to the Lord when we realize that he is the source of everything. You see, he doesn't just intervene when we start praying because we've just realized that we're about to get a new promotion at work. And we start to say, God, will you bless me in this? Will you help me through this, God? As if he wasn't there when we went for the first interview. As if he wasn't there when when the advert caught our eye or when we met the person who talked about the job. The job. God has been with us through the entire process and he's still there to see you succeed. He is the source of absolutely everything. Everything. And that is why the elders cast their crowns before him. That is why they threw down before him everything because they realized this, that he was the source, the creator of all things. Um. Some of you might know James Lyon, um, Ben's, Benji's little brother. Um, he, he works um, at a law firm in, uh, in Leicester, and he, um, uh, he is one of our youth leaders. And I love speaking to him because at the moment, God keeps revealing to him just, he, he's just so grateful for all the little things. He's like, guys, I've got to tell you, about this. I'm so blessed. I'm so, he was like, I am, I'm so thankful to the Lord. And I'm like, why? Because I, I had something to eat today. Because I woke up with a roof over my head and I had a hot shower. He's just so grateful because he knows even those small things, though he gets to enjoy them every day. And though 90% of people um, in this country who don't believe in Christ would still get to enjoy those things, it doesn't matter. Because he knows that every good thing in his life comes from the Lord. And he wants to make sure that the Lord knows he appreciates those things. He wants the Lord to know. He wants to cast his crown before him and say, God, everything, everything from the biggest to the smallest thing that I have, thank you for it, Lord. Thank you. I love it. I love speaking to him. So, if the worship team would like to come back up.
<laughs> I, uh, I just want us to respond this morning by casting down our crowns to the Lord. To that as we come to worship, we um, we just give God what God is due. <laughs> that we recognize afresh the things that he's done for us and we thank him for them. I want us to cast our crowns before him. I want us to appreciate afresh and tell him that we appreciate all that he has done for us because everything we have. He is the source and the creator of all things. Let's come boldly before God, knowing that we have been given a crown Mm, of life, a crown of righteousness, a crown of glory, that we've been given victory, that we've crowned with love and compassion, that we're crowned with blessing on our heads, that we, that we have been crowned with knowledge and everlasting joy, that we've been crowned with beauty, and that the Lord Almighty himself sits upon our head as a crown. How can we not come boldly with our head held high for something like that? But then let's fall at the feet of Jesus and say thank you, because without you, I'd have none of this. Without you, the source, the creator of all things, I'd have nothing. So Lord, I want to thank you so much that you have crowned us with so much. Lord, I want to thank you that you've done things in our life that have put crowns on our heads, but from other people, that people recognize your blessing, that people recognize in our lives your favor and your faithfulness, Lord. I want to thank you that you yourself wear many crowns, that you, God, are glorious and enthroned and righteous and holy. God, you deserve all praise and all adoration. And God, we are so thankful that this morning we can bring you something of worth. We want to thank you, God, that you have given us your spirit. And now, finally, we can worship you in spirit and in truth. We can no longer offer up something that isn't acceptable. But because of Jesus Christ, we can bring something of worth. Whether it be thanks for the meal we ate this morning or the bed that we slept in last night motion that you've given us or Lord for the day after day continual reminder that though we were destined to hell and separation without you God you've washed us clean you've forgiven us you've filled us with your spirit God and we are alive because of you Jesus God we want to worship you as you deserve this morning and we want to come to you Lord with hands open to say thank you Lord all that we have God is yours we have is because of you and God we want to give back something of that this morning to say thank you Lord thank you Lord Lord. I just want to um, as well just let you know that the basket is still there this morning because um, in our as we worship you might be stirred to to give another offering Um, there might be something specific you want I don't I don't want to restrict our worship to just singing because I want to worship the Lord. So please, don't f- feel free to come up to bring something, to do that at the end. Um, but I just felt when I was preparing that, that would be something that some people would feel stirred to do, um, to bring something else to the Lord. So, yeah, let's worship the Lord and have a great time doing so, because he is worthy to receive our worship. 
Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.